Hello, and welcome to Here There Be Dragons, a Black Sails podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Lewis. And today we're talking about episode five. A great episode. Episode very, V. Like episode V for V good <laughs> <laughs> and V exciting. Yes. Want to start us off with a recap? I do. So we're on a boat. Flint and Billy talk about little things like the nature of truth while pursuing Bryson and his guns. Jack acquires the brothel, which was quote unquote given to him. Guthrie admits his arrest and the end of business on Nassau to this pirate mob, which makes both them and Eleanor very angry. Max and Anne bond over birth control and sexism. Silver and Eleanor bond over ambition and guilt. Billy encourages Dufresne to take a risk, which Dufresne takes a little too far. Eleanor creates a new consortium, but Hornigold says he will only support her if Vane is unbanned. Meanwhile, Bryson is revealed to have taken Mr. Scott and to have reached out to the Scarborough, which appears on the horizon. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. This episode also ends with a great cliffhanger. Yeah. Or a great hook for the next episode. Uh Uh-huh. You would be forgiven for going right into the next episode after watching this episode. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Cool. So... All that pirate stuff is really fun and exciting, but we want to start with Eleanor. Mm Mm-hmm. And her business, which actually gets really cool and interesting and fun this episode. Yeah. I love Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your new Eleanor kick. I'm on a huge Eleanor kick. I was just so fascinated to watch this episode and listen to the language that's used to describe not just Eleanor, but also just like women in general on the show. Mm-hmm. And you're so, what's so cool about this show is that usually in period pieces, the sexism is just like, well, yes, that's the time. And the women accept it and the men accept it because that's like how we operate. It's like, it's like the furniture in the room. Yeah. It's just like a set piece. Yeah. There, it's just like, well, yes, in our dramaturgical research, yeah. we found that this is how men and women treated each other. And if there's any dramaturgical subtext to it, it's like, and isn't it so cruel? Yeah. Isn't it so cruel? And also, this woman sometimes says things at a dinner party that she shouldn't. <laughs> but in this show, it's like the sexism is real because it would be real. But also the women are all struggling with it and fighting against it because it sucks. And it's not fair. <laughs> like, the, the words that are used to describe Eleanor are her dad, her dad calls her a child. Her dad said that her business is a fantasy, that she's been seduced by Flint. Hornigold says, when you come to your senses, mm-hmm. you can be in business. Like, it's so familiar, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. to our modern-day sexism that, like, if you're talking to a friend and you're like, yeah, he said that, like, I have a, a fantasy mm-hmm. about my business, your friend would be like, well, that doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> you're like, it's still making me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And he said it to me because of this, like, fog of sexism <laughs> that surrounds mm-hmm. us all. So I just was so appreciative of the acknowledgement in the show and especially this episode but also appreciative of 
the women who are fighting back. Yeah, it's literally sexism in the workplace. Yeah, is it literally is. Yeah. And it's like, it's, um, it's different from the period dramas that you were sort of comparing it to before because in in the world that they're in, like they're in a pirate world. Like yeah. in a in a you know, there's a lot of that's been said about like in fantasy genres like Game of Thrones and places where the world is entirely fictional, you don't have to make sexism and racism a fact right. of your world. Right. And Black Sails is a historical fiction, but it's also genre fiction. Yeah. And it's like you know, for many genres and stories, like pirates may as well have been another fantasy world. Sure. And and in the show, they're literally like a civilization away from civilization. Mm-hmm. And they're not like literally saying like, but we're supposed to be equal out here. Mm-hmm. But they feel it like this, this, we live in a free society mm-hmm. that is governed by money and business enterprise and, and, and just the flow of, I don't know, life mm-hmm. in and out of the island and, and all that. And, there's this feeling that like, why are we still doing this? Yeah, you know, like the, uh, that Eleanor can defeat sexism in 1712 because yeah. like that's the free society they're building. Uh-huh. You know, yes, um, and uh, <laughs> it's just different. It's like just very. Um, it's not like ooh, one day I, I want to fight for the right to vote. Yeah, it's like it's 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 different. It's like it's also just like I'm I'm competent. I'm the most competent. Yeah. I'm the best at this job. Like, it's it's basic things. And not only that, like, I'm not just the best, but, like, I'm going to be the reason that we survive this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's through my vision and my, like, gumption that I'm yeah. going to, that we're going to see this through to the other end. That we are going to resist the empire. Yeah. Yeah. And we also see it with Anne when she's talking to Max. And she says, um... Like, this guy tried to put his balls on my shoulder, and now he doesn't have any. Yeah. I was just like, Anne is my revenge fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, it's, it's, I, I don't know, I was struck by also the way the, that scene, too. The, uh-huh. It's like, it's, you know, it's this bizarre form of sexual harassment that's like, I don't know, it's not, it's not what, what those men did to Max. But it's also like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It well, feels it, actually like something you would hear about at a modern day office Christmas party that like some drunk guy just thought it'd be funny or even a frat house or something. Oh, to put his balls on your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying it's like a bizarre story that Anne well, has. It's, it's not it's like, not, a, yeah, it's about power. Yeah. And these are two women who actually don't have a lot of power. Right. I mean, Anne, Anne has this sort of physical intimidation, like, she'll knife you if you mess with her. But she's had to work for that. Mm-hmm. You know, she says, if if you take it, they'll give it to you. Which means that she's been on a crew filled with men, with pirates, aggressive, angry pirates. She's probably had so much shit thrown at her every single day, which means that every single day she's had to not take it, Mm -hmm. which takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and a lot of effort. And Max in her job is to kind of take it, but to twist it to be on her own terms as much as she can, especially right now. 
Do you have anything else to say about Eleanor? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that I do. Well, you said you talked just now about power. Yeah. And Anne and Max's relationship to power. Mm -hmm. There's that thing that they say about Eleanor's power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vane is talking to Adele, who's another prostitute in the brothel, who I think we've seen a couple times before. But she was with Silver before. Yeah, yeah, she was with Silver. She's great. Um, and he says that Eleanor has power that just is, which is so cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) that she, there's just something in her that has assumed that she's powerful. Mm -hmm. She just assumes that she can do it, Mm -hmm. which is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when her dad screws up everything and, like, ruins everything for her. She's like, well, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's it's not just that. It's, like, it's devoid of tactics like fear and even inspiration. It mm-hmm. just it just is. It's like, a, it's like a suggestion of that, like, beyond sexism thing. That's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there are no rules here. I'm powerful. Yeah. And I am because I say so. Yeah. And what what do you... I don't know why, why, what could you possibly disagree with me about in that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I love that it's not even like mentioned that her dad helped, like got, got, and she inherited yeah. this power in some way from her dad because we've seen enough to know that like, that's not, that is not a given. Like she has, she has actually maintained this position and strengthened it and right. like built up her own empire, mm-hmm. possibly in spite of her relationship with her father. Yeah. But it is interesting though, that we hear, um, we hear that Eleanor has this absolute power from someone who loves her. You know, mm-hmm. we don't hear it from the pirate rabble. They're like, she's a tyrant in a skirt and we hate her. And, and, they put this like extra shame on the fact that she's a woman, like that she's taking every weight thing away from you and she's a woman. So that makes it even worse. But I don't know. I think there's something in that we, we hear about her power again from someone who deeply cares about her and Mm -hmm. admires her for her power. It's also notable and we'll get to it later, I guess, but like, this is an episode where she assumes a lot of power mm-hmm. and she makes big strides and she she does stuff and she does it alone. She doesn't yeah. do it with Mr. Scott. Yeah. Which is for an awful reason. Mm-hmm. But she's here alone mm-hmm. and she's, I don't know, she's just taking power. She's just yeah. taking the lead. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that the only, not the only, but the major threat to her power right now is Hornigold. Not because he's smarter or trying to take over her business or in any way competing with her, like, on an intellectual or political level. He's just like, if you don't give Vane back his captainship, I'm going to take my men away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take away my physical, male-bodied protection from you, a woman. And then all the men who are angry at you will be able to get you. Mm Mm-hmm. He's also his he he's he's spewing bullshit. Oh in yeah, because he says he says he's doing that because he's like you got to show them that you're not going to lead through emotion, uh-huh. and that's like 
very coded. Yeah. Because she's the only damn one who's actually making sense at the table and trying to... She presents a plan to them, a business plan that is thought that is thought through and uh-huh. sound and makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And Hortigold knows that. Yeah. And he knows that the men will respond to money. Uh-huh. Just like everyone at the table will. Yeah. But he what? brings up this bullshit excuse as yes. if it do, as if it matters and it does not matter. It doesn't matter. What what would it do to Hornigold? Nothing is happening to Hornigold now that Vane doesn't have a ship. He is not affected by this. Right. There's like there is some unrest on the island, but she's right. It's led by, like, a crazy guy, and as soon as she gets her shit together and starts paying people again, nobody's going to care. Yeah. Nobody actually cares about Vane. It's just a power trip. Right. It's, 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 it's like that kind of person who would, who wants to, to side with her, but then just sort of be like, well, but devil's advocate, they have a point, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just not. In a moment of in- intense decision making and like clear leadership yeah. that she's showing, he's just undermining it to undermine it. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, he maybe he's written and acted and everything to they believe that he still has a point, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm forgetting that this is all going to crash down around here again in the next few episodes because of her emotional leadership. I mean, I think that he has a point that she made an emotional decision. I mean, but you could argue that it was... That I mean, we, we said it before. She connected it to her business. Right. But it stemmed from an emotion. But it also... I mean, it did... We know that it stemmed from a personal reaction to what was happening to Max. But we also know that she is in charge. Yeah. And she's allowed to say, no rape on this <laughs> island. Yeah, she you is. You can't do that and be allowed into this business. Yeah. That's not an emotional... Reaction. You know what? If it was a man who said, you attacked my woman, yeah. therefore you don't have a crew anymore, people would be like, he's a badass. He's he's a decisive leader. But she's emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So is there anything else to say about Eleanor and her businesses? She, she comes up with this plan. I it's mean, great. The one thing I do want to point out is that I think that the show is more nuanced than we're giving it credit for right now. And that I think that Hornigold thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think he's like trying to seize power from her or like actively undermine her. I think he's legitimately concerned for the island and is is trying to make things right. But the reality is that it is really just undermining her and not allowing her to get things done. And it's stemming from her being a woman. Yep. Yeah. So I just want to put that up. (laughs) Um, But Eleanor does find some time to have these little mini conversations with Silver, who's now locked in her office with Randall. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get a lot of Silver this episode. We don't get a lot of Silver this season. That's true. And I'm remembering that slowly as we were watching this, that Silver is still a side character. He's sort of hinting at what he's going to be in Treasure Island, but he's, like, not really... He's he's a MacGuffin. It's the Flint show for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Flint show, which I don't mind, because I love Flint. (laughs) But, yeah, it, it's just so striking in this one particularly because, like, 
he's not even a side character in the main story. Like he's a side character in Eleanor's story, which feels like the secondary story already. <laughs> you know, like the main story is this big battle, and then it's like Eleanor, and then it's like boop, Silver pops up every once in a while. Yeah. Um. But he does. He does say something that's really interesting and I think revealing about his character where they're talking about Max and he's like, it was her choice. Eleanor's like, I know that and I've been telling myself that, but that doesn't change how I feel about it or how I feel like I should act about it now by by not betraying her a second time, by forgiving Vane. And Silver says, if you're making choices because of someone else's choices you're giving that person too much power over your life. Mm. Which is so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't, I don't think that that's giving someone power. I think that's loving someone, you know, to make choices based on what they're doing or what they're feeling or how you think they're going to make their own choices. I mean, I think that shows that Eleanor really deeply cares about Max. Mm-hmm. And Silver just sees that as a complete release of control. While we're seeing Eleanor be actually a really good businesswoman, Jack comes into this brothel and says to the madam, how much were you making before? And she says, 3% of profits. And he says, okay, you can have 40 percent Chelsea that's so, so dumb I think it's smart because <laughs> what because he's like you're saying he should have given her 30 uh he should give her five no because that's a raise it's a show it's not but the thing is he's not giving her a raise he's giving her a promotion she's basically a co-owner now why because why would he, he doesn't want he doesn't want to do any of the work he wants her to run the place the way she wants to run it well, the guy didn't really run the place before either. She's always run the place. I know, and now Jack is paying her do what she's do. Um, I think it's... I'm not saying that it's Jack being progressive, but I do think it's Jack buying loyalty and buying a lack of questioning okay. from his affairs there. That is such a show of generosity that it's enough to say... It's not just enough for her to say yes in that moment. It's enough for her, him to basically buy her. Okay. I'm just saying that he could have bought her for 5%. No, I don't think... No, no, no. I don't think Mission what accomplished What else is she going to do? Say no. She has the, the fact that he murdered her, that guy. They she don't, doesn't know that. She they, Their conversation basically implies that she says, I could take this piece of paper to any person who has, A, a grief with you, and B, any position of authority on this island, and they would tell you that you murdered this man and you should be tried for it or you should be driven out what? somehow. There's, there's no... There's no consequences for murder on this island I, that we've seen. I don't... I mean, sure. I, I just... <laughs> I think the jump from 3% to 40... I mean, it could have been 30, but no way it was going to be under 20. Oh he is making God. he is making a show of... He's of, making a bad decision. <laughs> okay. Small business owners out there, tweet at us. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> Tell us about how much you pay your managers and what you would have done in this situation. Please don't do that. We, we need some real business minds behind this. Because we are not. <laughs> I think Jack, as quartermaster, knows how to allocate wages and knows how to buy men's loyalty by people's loyalty. I think he knows what he's doing. I don't think he does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Well, anyway, he buys the brothel. Yeah, he... Why? Just for a steady source of income because they don't have a pirate ship anymore? Well, he doesn't actually buy the brothel. They murder that guy and he takes the brothel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, you know. They get a free brothel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a source of income because they have no income. And And Vane, after his, like, hazy, like, drug trip last episode, just sort of walks in and is sort of like, yeah, I'm, yeah, cool. Yeah, Vane's not doing any work. Yeah, okay. He's just getting free sex and free food. But then at the end of the episode, he goes off to fulfill some mysterious mission that he's... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, some mission on his own. Okay, so they just have the, the brothel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they are small business owners now. Yeah. It's kind of, it's really, um, it's so funny. Even the first time I watched the show, I like, I was in my mind just being like, the fuck is this show doing? (laughs) I came in to watch the show about pirates and they presented us with this, like, you know, this, we talked a lot about the introductions of these characters, but like they have properly introduced now and we know Vane is a badass pirate captain Uh with a cool ass pirate ship. Uh We know that Jack is a, like, I don't know, want to say funny, but certainly clever Mm-hmm. I don't know, wily, stereotypical image of a, of a, you know, I don't know, uh, like clownish pirate. Uh-huh. And Anne is like this great mysterious warrior type. Yeah. And they are not only landlocked, they're, they're now, they've <laughs> traded their pirate ship for like a small business, literally. Yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, and also, I mean, I guess we should say, because I think our intended audience of this is watching people watching the show for the first time. We're not being spoilery or whatever, but I think it's fair to say that this plot development is not meant to be purely ironic Mm -hmm. or like funny. Like it's, I'm not saying like this is, this is now the comedy part of the show. I just think it's, I just think it's funny that this is the move the show makes, but this, this storyline is, is important and interesting and cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. I mean, it shows how resourceful Jack is. Yeah. And how he's not business. He's business smart in some ways. I don't think he's business smart in other ways, but (laughs) he's business smart in some ways. And is just feels like stir crazy. Mm -hmm. Like she's getting cabin fever being on land so much. Mm -hmm. Like, She's just mad all the time and is, like, pissed off at Jack all the time and is not getting to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's frustrating for her. And Vane is, like, a mess. Yeah, Vane's a mess. Vane's a mess. And Jack is taking care of him. Mm -hmm. Jack's the one who's keeping it all together. It's funny when the crew approaches him in the brothel, they totally address Jack. Yes. Mm -hmm. And not Vane. They're like, okay, Jack, she's gone. We're ready to go. Yeah. But again... Jack has the um, foresight. Is that the word? About what? About he he can see the big picture. Mm. About he has the Eleanor. perspective. He has the perspective to know that Eleanor is not done. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. I know her. You idiot with your like attempted intimidation <laughs> and like gross insinuations about Max do not know Eleanor Guthrie. She is gonna, she's not done. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's just one, it's a, another example of a man who's in somewhat of a position of power or is somewhat smarter respecting Eleanor mm-hmm. and knowing what she's capable of. 
Um, and it's like really respecting her and not her position. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's she's down right now. Yeah. But you know she won't be down forever. Okay, can we talk about the pirates? Okay, now we can talk about the pirates. We can get to the real <laughs> stuff. I was just last episode I know. again talking about pirates on land. Yeah. And now they're on boats and they're doing naval combat. Oh my <laughs> god, I love it. Okay, but yeah. wait, first first you have to talk about the conversation with Flint and Billy that kicks off the episode. Okay, yeah. Which is so good. Yeah. I mean, you know, the show is great. It has so many great characters on some but you could tune in just for the Flintisms and the Flint <laughs> shows of leadership and intimidation yeah. and inspiration in one sentence. God, Toby Stevens is so fucking good. <laughs> you can watch him do anything. Yeah. Ugh. He winked. And he I winked. Was, yeah. I was afraid and turned on <laughs> and like inspired and happy all at the same time. Okay. Okay, but let's okay, let's talk about okay, what they talk okay, about. So okay. the main takeaway from this conversation is Flint really squaring with Billy mm-hmm. because Billy I mean, we were just talking about the la- end of the last episode, Billy's being honest with himself and he says, I was scared of him yeah. when I made this decision. Mm-hmm. And he says, Let's talk about the truth or let's mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. And then Flint gives him his perspective as a leader. Mm-hmm. But but mostly just, like, his perspective, I think, on, like, men and society. Yeah. That is just, people need certainty. Yeah. And there is nothing but doubt in the world. Yeah. And as a leader, your job isn't to be honest. Your job is to provide certainty. Yeah. We all have roles to play. We Yeah. And we all have to dance the dance. <sighs> okay, he said. Um, we dance the dance. Okay, so he's, he's talking about... Um, Lying, basically. Yeah. Billy's like, you can't lie to people. People are dying. And he's like, well, there's always doubt. There's like a 30% chance that we're even going to see this boat. But we all have to dance the dance. Flint is comparing himself to Caesar. <laughs> In case the show needed more <laughs> metaphors and yeah. great leaders and great yeah. men of history yeah, and Marcus fiction. Marcus Aurelius and- <laughs> in here. <laughs> uh. And that it's, it's, there's so many references to like being cultured just yeah. in that little sentence. We dance the dance. Yeah. It's like a skilled, refined, sneaky dance that only this few people know. And Caesar is like a historical reference at this point mm-hmm. that Billy may or may not know. Yeah. Especially in the context of like a Caesar. Like, yeah. Like you have to have a whole image of who Caesar was. Yeah. To be able to understand that. He's just such a show off in this. And, and, and this, I love is, it. this is also the scene where he says, where Billy says, then who's Mrs. Barlow? And Flynn yeah. says, would you believe that? your captain just has a woman that he likes to talk about his love of books with. Yeah. He's just, I mean, it's a great line, but he's also just continually sort of throwing in Billy's face, like education, culture. Yeah. History. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm really smart 
And I'm a really good captain. You know, we're saying this now, and it makes him sound like a huge jerk. And I guess he is a huge jerk. But in that scene, it doesn't come across that way. It feels like he's actually sharing something with Billy that very few people have seen. Yeah. And and it comes, like, I was just thinking a few episodes ago about how he treats Billy Mm -hmm. like a kid, especially when Uh compared to Silver. That he, like, there's something about Silver that he's going toe-to-toe with this, like, clever, conniving guy and he will be honest with him because clearly they're operating on some wavelength that yeah. Flint is finds is familiar. Yeah. But Billy he was treating with kid gloves for the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. And even now in this scene where Billy gets the courage to confront him and say men died, yeah. Flint will say I mean Flint will do his little dance. Yeah. But he will like tell him like Billy the world doesn't make any sense. The the ca- yeah. leaders are here to make it make sense for the less for the followers. Yeah. I mean, it's like Billy's graduating from the crew yeah. to leadership. And Flint's like, this, I mean, he's both saying it to be like, this is what you're getting into, but also to be like, I'm the best at this there is. Yeah. You know, like you you are learning from a master right now. So do not question me. Mm-hmm. Do exactly what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Because I'm blowing your mind every five seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> And Don't believe me, just watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's talking about the roles we need to play versus actual honesty. And then we see Billy try that out yeah. with Dufresne. And it works amazingly. It works perfectly. He, he says, we all have a role in this, and it's to attack the ship. And by the way, your your role is special. Yeah. Because nobody dies their first time. Yeah. So your role is a-okay. Yeah. And then at the end, when Dufresne gets through it, he says, thank you. Yeah. And Billy can see, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Billy can see. That it feels good to do to lead, a man, lead men in this way or that? I think that what struck me about that is that when... When Billy and Flint are talking and Billy's like, you're lying. Flint's like, yeah, I'm lying. So what? Yeah. I'm lying for these 10 reasons. And while I'm telling you those reasons, I'm still going to lie to you Mm -hmm. about them. But when Billy is confronted by Dufresne, Dufresne's like, by the way, you made a mistake. And Billy's like, kind of having fun. And he's like, yeah, I know. All these guys died. I just wanted to make you feel okay, and I wanted to help you. And Dufresne's like, thank you. It really did work, and it really helped me. You know, it's like, it's such an honest conversation about the trickery. Yeah. And a and an honest conversation about the roles they're playing. Yeah. Like, Billy is still trying to be Democratic Billy, mm-hmm. who, like, has everyone equal and, like, tells the truth and cares about these men. And that's not what Flint's doing. I mean, this is Billy using lying as an exa- as a as a way to save this guy. Yeah. But if Dufresne had died because of some misguided, like, do we think that would have fucked Billy up? I don't know. Maybe not. But I think it would have just because Billy's taking a leadership role. Yeah. Like Billy's seen people die. You know, yeah. he's not he's not a baby. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been a pirate for a little no, bit. No, but now. I mean like, that his mis- that his lie to Dufresne would have caused Dufresne right. to act recklessly and actually did would have led to his death. Yes. If Dufresne I, had I died. I think in that, that would have really messed Billy up. Yeah. Because he's quartermaster yeah. and because he made this decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have fucked with him. I also think that Billy is like it is I think that Billy finds fulfillment in leadership. Like, yeah, I don't think he's yeah. trying to impress Flint. No. It, it, he, like, in the last episode when they make the decision about um, keeling the boat. He's He's scared of Flint, but he's not, he's not making the decisions for Flint. He's not totally letting Flint run his life, in a way. I do believe that Billy mm. is, is fulfilling this leadership role and, and likes it. And likes it not yes. because it impresses the captain, but likes it because he likes being a leader. I think those two things can exist side by side. Okay. I think he can like being a leader and wanting to be good at it and realizing that he's good at it, but he can also be scared of Flint and make his decisions because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's like he said, he's like, we were we were cleaning the hull and it was too fast. And that's why people died. You made me make that decision. You made me do that. And then later, you know, he's like, with the... Um, when they're trying to make the boat go faster mm-hmm. and the sails are coming down. Flint's like, you know what? Dugroot has a point that's really dangerous and it could break the ship. It could break the mast of our ship. And in the same sentence, he's like, but you know what? The captain thinks is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not making good decisions yeah. because of Flint. He's doing what Flint wants. Yeah. But... He's also really good at explaining the boats with the brushes and like encouraging yeah. the crew. And, and Gates says that to him. Yeah, Gates he says, says you're, you're doing a really great job. Good at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when we're talking about like the actual battle and like the prep for that, mm-hmm. I thought about how we were talking about roles and like the the that stuff we were talking about just in the first episode because we saw the guy like putting his teeth back in and then uh-huh. prepping for battle. That you know we we've seen scenes of what of what armies preparing for battle look like mm-hmm. and this little montage or like this one minute maybe 30 seconds we get of the men prepping for battle does not look like battle it looks like uh-huh. they're preparing for a play yeah they're like putting on this makeup he's putting the teeth in there's something about the way they're all sitting it's as if they're sitting backstage and just yeah. waiting to come out like there's something maybe i'm reading into it because of my particular <laughs> We're love theater theater people. People. but I, I don't know. There was something about the scene that wasn't like sharpening blades and like yes. reloading guns and moving the. Ca- it was it was very um, focused on the people and like their. It's putting on the costume. For yeah, the role. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we get into the battle from Dufresne's perspective, which of course yep. is great, and like I think framing the battle from a newbie's perspective is it's not an innovative thing that Black Sails has done, but yeah. I think it was. I think it's a really good choice for this battle, and especially yeah. then to show how utterly horrifying it is. Yeah. There's nothing romantic about the experience that Dufresne has. I mean, the only thing I was thinking was that he's so lucky. There's so many ways to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, that one guy's just, like, looking over the edge and, like, gives him a smile. I was like, here we go. And then he gets <laughs> shot in the head. Yeah. And then, like, other guys, like, fall in the water and some people get stabbed and some people get shot and, oh, there's just so many ways to die. And yeah. he misses it by inches sometimes. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that, um, you know, we see all these people putting the makeup on their face to get ready for battle. And Dufresne finishes the battle 
with his face covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me think about Flint back in the first episode. Yeah, after, after beating the shit out of Singleton. Yeah, and looking like a monster. Yeah. That Dufresne has, like, become baptized. Ugh. With the blood on his face, the paint on his face, to become one of them, become one of these monsters. Yeah. And that's what battle does. Yeah, it's it's strange because there's, like, there's a gaminess to it that, like, that I think is really fun when they're doing the brushes and it feels yeah, like a chess yeah. match. And then even right up until the final moment before that scene, it feels like a chess match. And it feels yeah. like, sort of like, it feels even like fencing, like a proper duel between two people mm-hmm. and then that battle is just so horrific and then when it's yeah. over we're sort of back to i don't want to say like heightened like the show isn't it, it's semi heightened maybe heightened is actually the right word mm-hmm. there's something about the way billy when he helps dufresne up when we get when yeah. we see that dufresne survived and billy finds him billy like cracks a joke and billy is nowhere near as dirty as dufresne uh-huh. It's weird for those two modes and perspectives on war to exist simultaneously. Uh-huh. Like, I liked that the show didn't romanticize the fight and there wasn't, like, a big, like, cool sword fight or, you yeah. know, something something akin to a standoff mm-hmm. between the two people with guns. But up right up until that moment, it was very gentlemanly and gamey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it... So we've heard that Flint used to be in the Navy. Oh, yeah. So I think that that strategy points to him facing off with this other experienced captain. You know, they... The two captains are clearly thinking on a very high level Mm -hmm. of strategy. But then we see the reality for the crew... Yeah. ...is just a mess. Yeah. It's chaos for them. And then when they take the ship again, we're back up. Mm-hmm. into the elevated strategy of, well, he's in the hold and he has these men, so I can't send these men and the ceiling is this thick so we can't get in and there's another ship coming and, you know, it gets right back into that strategy. But there are these, like, flashes of mess. Yeah, yeah. That are only for the crew, the underlings. Yeah. You know? Ugh. Messy. (laughs) (laughs) So that horrific battle scene happens, and then it's sort of revealed through the, um, what's the proper term for it? It's like a, they like hold themselves up in the, uh, in the The hold. In the hold, yeah. I think it's the hold. Um, Bryson is there with his men, Mm -hmm. and they reveal that the ship also has slaves aboard. And not only that, but Mr. Scott is among them. Mm-hmm. And it, we sort of realized that Mr. Scott was tr- tricked and lied to. Betrayed. Yeah. That, that, uh, so, <clears throat> so what exactly happened here? Mr. Guthrie told him, uh, go ensure the delivery of Bryson's or help make sure that Eleanor's men, that there's no problems with the fact that Bryson is not going to give them the weapons. Yeah. He basically said, I need you to make sure that Bryson gets away. Yeah. Just leaves with the guns. Right. And that so we saw Eleanor doesn't take him. Right. So we saw Mr. Scott there to knock out the Irish guy. Yeah. Just yeah. to make sure there was no conflict of Right. To just say like, have a good voyage with your guns. Right. Goodbye. And what we didn't realize at the time was that Bryce Guthrie had also basically sold Bryson yes. Mr. Scott. Yeah. Um 
and not only as part of a business deal, but it's also Bryson says to Mr. Scott basically as punishment yes. for having to betrayed, for quote unquote betraying Guthrie by aligning himself with um, Eleanor. Yes, it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, I think in this episode we really see how evil Richard Guthrie is. Yeah. I mean, the way he talks to Eleanor is so condescending and he just like doesn't care about her or about NASA or about anything. And he he just says like, well, we're we're going to live in the interior and pirates are going to be eradicated and then we'll make money again. We'll mm-hmm. be fine. But he's not doing it like for her or to keep her safe. He's he's doing it cuz he's selfish and petty and you know, ugh, gross. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. And then we, we end with the uh with the final twist that the missing piece that Flint has not seen is that Bryson has warned the Scarborough, which mm-hmm. has sort of been looming as a villain the whole season. Like, they yeah. mention the Scarborough in every episode. Yeah. And I had forgotten this, but it's like, yeah, they've been they've been mentioning that ship in every episode to say that is looming on the horizon, mm-hmm. and it's a bad omen outside the Guthrie's, outside the Guthrie's, yeah. and it's just a bad omen in general. Yeah. And, of well, course, there's going to be some sort of face-off. That's the ship that makes Flint say to Billy, it's not just one ship that's coming from England. It's civilization mm-hmm. that's coming. Mm-hmm. That that was the impetus for that statement. Mm-hmm. So the Scarborough's bad news. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, oh, God, and then, so that's not the only final act twist. Billy finds a letter. Yes. In um, Bryson's cabin. Yes. From Mrs. Barlow. Yes. Which is which can be kind of confusing, but if you're just looking at the envelope, if you're kind of glancing at it quickly, but yes, it's clearly from her. She has written a letter. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of confusing how that. Would I mean, happen. yeah, we don't, we don't know why or how yet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But it's also a great capper to the whole thing we were just talking about with Billy and Flint. That it, that I don't know if Flint earned Billy's trust in any way, but he did to some. He was satisfied in some way with Flint's worldview. Yeah. And to see this and suddenly just, you know, throws Billy right back into a spiral of doubt. Yeah. I mean, what is truth? You know. <laughs> I love when uh, the in the na- in the battle uh, or in the naval part of it before they board the ship when uh, Bryson starts to bring his ship about and Flint turns to the crew and shouts, "There she goes!" <laughs> yeah, love I just that. love that we get some. Um, not only are we like getting a ship battle, but we also get some like fun ship technology. Yeah, the knots. Yeah, we get to like see them actually measuring the speed and. He's talking about like the specific sails that they need and the pressure and the. It's just so cool to know the details of the ship. Yeah, I don't know how accurate it is. I have to assume that it's researched and and. I mean, I know nothing about ships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would just assume that they know what they're talking. I about. I do know, incidentally, just uh, my dad reread. Treasure Island this summer also, and uh-huh. he is big into sailing. And one of his favorite parts of Treasure Island was the uh, gritty details of mm. sailing in that in that story because 
it's really important because Jim, mm-hmm. there's a part of the book where Jim has to basically sail the Española by himself. Oh. Um, or basically by himself. Um, and, um, and, and other things beyond that, there's like details about the way mm-hmm. the boat works and everybody's function on the boat. So if this is accurate in the show, then it, then it is a, um, spiritual, I guess, successor to cool. Robert Louis Stevenson's, uh, sticking close to proper ship technicalities and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Cool. So that's it for the episode. Um, some more housekeeping stuff. Uh, tweeted us. We have a Twitter. Um, we like the feedback and it's uh, at there be sales. Oh yeah. That's the Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, we appreciate all our fans and listeners chiming in and giving agreements or disagreements, including new fan Chelsea's mom. Mm -hmm. Hi mom. (laughs) Um, also we're recording this Monday night, uh, right after, uh, I read this fantastic article from hypable.com written by Brooke Wentz, uh, it's it's a great article about black sales. The title is, or the headline is why black sales has made me question everything I know about good TV. Mm-hmm. And Brooke has written basically a lot of stuff that I've been feeling and thinking since we started watching this show because we mm-hmm. we're very new to this show. Even though this is our second watch through, we only first started watching it a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and trying to find um, other people in this community who who care about the show. There's a lot of there's a there's a lot of people out there who love the show, but there's not a lot of writing about the show. Uh-huh. Those few people who do, it's been very fun to catch up on all the writing that we've missed while we were watching the show because yeah. I was so afraid of being spoiled. Yeah. And this article sums up a lot of the meta complicated feelings I had about why this show is not being watched and yeah. why it's not being talked about and how certain pockets of communities have picked it up in particular mm-hmm. and the way that they talk about them and yeah, I don't know. We've retweeted it, so if you look at our Twitter, you can find yeah. it there. Also, just a note: it is spoiler free. Oh yeah, so it's totally safe to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but this will be my go-to article when con- telling people about the show. Yeah, uh, and that they should watch it. I think this. I think the article makes a really compelling case for not just why the show is good, but maybe why you should question that you didn't take it seriously because it wasn't on your radar or that a show could be this good that isn't on your radar. Yeah. Maybe. So <sighs> we love black sales. Yeah. We love black sales. <laughs> we love people who love black sales. Yeah. Um, All right. and I think that's it. I think that's it. So, um, what's your big line this oh, week? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week to dance the dance. Bye. <laughs> Bye.